Newsflash 2016, Frog Fractions Femme fantastically featured. Why is Teddy doing this voice? Did he have too much caffeine? I'm Teddy Deef. It's Playscape LA. Hey gang, how's it going? Uh, we're back for another week. Um, I love. I'm sorry. I love that voice. Um, I love it so much. And I can't like do voices. I have a lot of friends who are actors, uh, some of whom have been on this show, who can do like real accents and voices and things like that. I'm just an idiot who likes to pretend like he's from the early 20th century. Anyway, um, my guest this week is going to be or is Rachel Sala who is a artist and the co-creator of a game called Frog Fractions, which, oh my god, you should play, and you can play online. Um, and she is co-creating Frog Fractions 2, the follow-up to that that had a big Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, I'll talk about her more in a second. But uh, let's catch up. Hi, let's catch up. Um, today was a weird week. Today was a weird week. This week was a weird week. Wow. Uh, because I announced that I'm going to be leaving LA. Um, I'm going to be leaving Heart Machine, uh, the company that we uh, together made, Hyperlight Drifter. And I'm going to be going to Montreal uh, in Canada, in another country, in our northern neighbor, uh, where it's cold, to, um, to be a creative director at Square Enix Montreal, a company that I've loved since I was a little boy. Um, and I talk a little bit that, about that on my blog post, uh, which is on my website, teddydeef.com. So I won't go into it too much. I just kind of want to talk about how it's all felt because you can you can kind of hear the, the announcement itself somewhere else. Um, this means I'm leaving Heart Machine. I will say that. Um, I'm really sad about that. Uh, I, I think I'm making the right choice for me, but uh, it's tough, uh, especially leaving Alex, Alex Preston, the creator of Hyperlight and my good, good friend, um, yeah, man, uh, you know, we've been together almost every day for almost, well, for two and a half years, uh, and almost three, if you count our time, uh, leading, running Glitch City together, our workspace. And it's a weird thing to leave a job or whatever this is to leave a team, you know? Um, I don't know if you've ever quit a job or even been fired from a job or downsized from a job. I've been all of those things. Um, and it's like always some of the most emotional times. And this is probably the most emotional for me because it's the longest job I've ever had. Um, I guess that doesn't sound like much, but for me, two and a half years somehow ends up being the longest job unless you count grad school. Uh, and that's crazy. Um, so let me talk to you about how this, so this is going to be a little different. Um, usually what I try to do is focus on talking about things that, that I'm going through that I, I hope are relatable, um, that are universal. Because I think one of the things I love about making games, making art, making this podcast, is that you're not always really as... Um, the best and worst thing about making things, I would say, is that you're not as unique as you think. Um, you are unique in your own way, and like you, know, you don't want to diminish that. Um, but... Uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there who have the same experiences as you or who have similar experiences to you and can relate to what you're going through. 
And that's what's so wonderful about making really personal work is that you make a game, you make a, you, you write a story, you make an art piece about something you went through with your mom or your brother or your best friend. Um, and it feels really directly, it feels really personal to just you. And then you can see people relate. Um, and that's really beautiful. Uh, anyway, so maybe I'm talking myself out of this because the, the, the point is that I'm going to talk about something that maybe is not as one-to-one -one relatable, but I hope that, um, you can either relate with, or that I can just kind of share this experience with you. Should you, um, be chasing after it yourself or as I know I have been and continue to, um, there was a lot of press. So I announced that I'm going to square, um, on Monday and, the the press wrote about it, which is cool. Um, mostly industry publications like Gama Sutra that write about you know our business, uh, but like Polygon and Famitsu, like game gamer player facing consumer sites, wrote about wrote that I and my good friend uh, Renaud Bedard, who's going to be um, also joining Square to work with that awesome team, um, that we're going there. Doesn't not an article about a game that I make not an article about Hyperlight Drifter, but an article like about me or about us and about that studio. And that has felt a little different. For me, Hyperlight is is very personal and very close. Um, but we always talk about Hyperlight Drifter and the, there's so much press for it. It's amazing and, and overwhelming, but it's it's all a, it's about the game. Uh, or it or it, it is and, and should be about Alex Preston, who's kind of the creator who, you know, his life experiences most informed the story we ended up writing and and, and creating for that game. So this is sort of a new experience for me and was kind of awesome, to be honest. Like, I think I can say that. Like, it's pretty cool to feel like just your life is important enough for people to want to talk about it or know about it. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's egotistical, but I think, I, I guess, you know, what, whatever. I'm a little egotistical, I guess. Like, I... I don't know. Is that bad to want people to care about you? I don't think so. Um, but here's the thing. Um, all this press happened and it was really, really cool. Uh, and that was like this re really intense day. Announcement today was really intense. Like so many people tweeting at me and commenting on Facebook and being so supportive and getting text messages, you know, um, one of those bigger moments, uh, bigger spikes in my life of, of just a, uh, avalanche of support and love and, and congratulations. And I really appreciate everyone who supports me and has supported me and will continue to. But then the next day, it was like regular day again. It was a regular day. I went back to Glitch. I worked on Hyperlight Drifter. I fixed some bugs. I talked to Alex about some controller stuff. It was a regular day again. And there were a couple more, you know, lingering posts and people talking about it. But, you know, the, the wave crashed, as it always does. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about, uh, you know, because for a minute I freaked out. I was like, oh, no, like, that's it. Like, Hyperlight has been released. We got that spike. Um, I've announced this big secret I've been holding for almost nine months. Um, and now that's it. I'm all out of cool secrets for a little while. Uh, I have a couple actually, but, but my big things that I get to talk about soon are done. And now for like, whoever, who knows how long for at least a year, um, no one's, no one's going to, no one's going to care. No one's going to be talking 
or, or I'm not news or, or whatever. Um, and again, maybe this isn't relatable. Maybe I'm the only person who thinks this way and I'm sorry, uh, forgive me my vanity, but like I freaked out a little bit of like, Oh fuck. Like now I'm back in the isolation of I'm just making things again. And what is that like? And what I've been thinking a lot about to, uh, cope with that cope sounds like a bad word. Cause it's not like I went through anything hard. This is all very, like, I'm, I feel very lucky and privileged and fortunate. I'm going to stop disclaiming because I hope you I hope you all know that I'm not trying to be, like, uh, an asshole about this. <laughs> um, here, this is what I'll say. What I've come to remind myself more than I ever have before is that at the end of the day, at the end of the big announcement or the big moment, what lasts, what matters is the work is the quality of the work that you do, whether the work speaks to people, and any press that the work gets, any press that you get, uh, any congratulations you get, is all in anticipation of, or reaction to, or in support of the work. Because that's what people relate to, that's what they love, that's what they appreciate, is, is you making something and putting it out there and making them feel uh, any variety of things, entertained or understood or distracted or uh, uh, empathized with or, or taught. Who knows? But that's what matters. Um, and let me say this. I don't just mean that in some sort of like philosophical artsy way. I mean, as I think about the fleeting feelings of things like press, of things like a a, a a press conference or the release of a trailer or um, an article going up or a cool interview. If you make things, and maybe and maybe you don't make things, maybe that's not you're just interested in you know you're just a fan of these things, and, and then just bear with me. But if you make things, um, then to some degree you're after this stuff, right? Presumably, if you make things, in my opinion, like you make them to some degree, because you want people to experience them. And if no one experiences what you make, then you're not connecting the circuit. You're not connecting with people and expressing yourself. You know, if art is an expression of yourself, to whom are you expressing, right? You want people to be on the other end. Um, so yeah, if you're making stuff and you're, you're as you, you know, have to be, if you're running a business or you're independent, uh, or even if you're not, if you want people to talk about it and write about it, just let me say from my point of view that that stuff is important, but that is not what will last. The things to me that last and that I could tell you right now that I think of more are going to a party, uh, bringing a game that I'm working on and having people play it. Even with all the press for Hyperlight, like none of the, not one of the articles, even the most positive ones, even the one, I think it was in Wired that, that compared us to Kurosawa <laughs> which is silly, but like, which is like a huge fucking compliment. Even that does not linger in my heart, in my, my in my happy place, as much as, um, say, the first GDC after our Kickstarter, going to a party, having my laptop on me, because when I'm at a conference, I usually have my laptop on me because I'm doing pitches or press or whatever. I just have to have the game on me. Um, having my laptop at this party, there was a concert and I was upstairs um, in sort of like the balcony Having meeting people who who then I introduced myself and they found out I was making Hyperlight and they'd already heard of the game and they were like, can we play it? 
and I had controllers and they had controllers and I had my laptop and we pulled it out and they played it and I saw them like freaking out and smiling and just loving it. That's the stuff that stays. Uh, the first time or any time I've shown Kyoto Wild, a multiplayer game that I, I kind of keep on the back burner a lot, but um, that I pull out sometimes and, and tinker with and gradually progress. Anytime I bring out that multiplayer game and watch people smile and laugh and and beat each other and and taunt each other, God, that shit stays so much deeper in me. Um, and maybe that's not what I remember to pursue. Maybe that's not what I think about every day. I think it's very easy to get more caught up in, is the press following me? Are people, do I have, how many Twitter followers did I get this week? Shit like that, which you're trained to, to care about because you do want people to hear about your work. But that's not what sticks. So I guess I will just say, uh, if this is not relatable to you, let me treat it as advice um, to myself and to you, which is, if you're chasing after this stuff, if you're making art and you want people to see it, uh, take it somewhere, show it to some people, refill your engines, re refill your heart. If it's a game, whether it's multiplayer or not, whether it's a short film or some art or some sketches you've been doing on it, you know, doing daily sketches, like, yo, take it to your friend's house, take it to um, the back room of a party and let some people see it or play it. That to me, is the magic, the, the magic moment. Um, anyway, let me move forward. Thanks for listening. Um, my guest this week is Rachel Sala. Rachel is an artist and a game designer. She is the co-creator, as I said, of Frog Fractions, which is this beautifully bizarre, weird, I can't really tell you about it if you haven't played it, but you can Google Frog Fractions and just play Frog Fractions. Um, and they did a Kickstarter for Frog Fractions 2, uh, which you should also check out because it is in itself sort of a, like a work of art. It is this big mystery. There is this large mystery around Frog Fractions 2, um, cause I think they have said like, they will not say when it, what the name of Frog Fractions 2 is or when it will be released. And when they release it, they won't say that it is Frog Fractions 2. So there's this, there's a great deal of mystery around it. Um, Anyway, Rachel is the the um, the co-creator of, of that game, and she's the artist. She's also a member and co-organizer of Glitch City, which I talk about a lot, the workspace that we have um, in Los Angeles. And she's a phenomenal person. We're going to talk about a lot of really cool subjects that I have not gotten to touch on yet at all um, with the other guests on the show. So I'm very, very excited. I hope you will enjoy. Here, let me present to you is Rachel Sala. No, that's not normal. <laughs> ADM isn't normal. If I met a game developer who, well, I don't want to like exclude anyone, but if, mm -hmm. I, if I met someone who like was an Indian, wakes up at 8 a.m. and then like commutes to the office and then wears a suit, an I wouldn't trust him. An indie that wears a suit? I don't. I don't know. Do we own suits? I own a suit. You have a suit? I have a suit, but I don't wear. I don't wear it to like to glitch. You just show up one day. I I used suit. to have like. A job where I was supposed to wear a suit. Really? And then what happens is that you don't give a fuck like about anything that you do for more than a few weeks. You just like stop caring. Mm -hmm. Or not stop caring, but it gets normal. Yeah. So then you your suit gets shabbier and shabbier and you just want to be comfortable. 
Like I had to wear a tie for a brief time when I was in so much was school where I had to wear a tie. Wait, and, really? And I, yeah, and I wore like the shittiest like Looney Tunes, <laughs> like food on it ties. Cause you're just like, I don't care. Did you ever use the tie to like wipe your mouth after eating? No. Like a cartoon? Like wimpy? Yes. <laughs> no. Um, but I did, I don't know. I did when I got to LA. Now I really like dressing up because there's never a reason to. No, we don't dress up in L.A. It's weird because I have friends in the East Coast. They talk about, oh, I went to a club. And they show me a picture of their outfit. I'm like, you're wearing a tie. What's? Are you okay? <laughs> At a party? Did, yeah. And I'm like, why would you do that? And they're all like, you don't, people don't wear ties there. I'm like, no. I've, I've seen people at formal events on like flip-flops. It's yeah. fine. You know, we don't dress up here. Part of it might be the heat. Part of it is just because, you know, it's that laid-back surfer culture, man. I think it's like a laid-back surfer culture. I don't know. It's because... Everybody else is doing it, and no mm-hmm. one's like, I want to be less comfortable. So everybody's mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah, but like you said, some people want to feel fancy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel fancy sometimes. But uh-huh. sometimes you're just like, I'm going to work in sweatpants because I'm tired and I feel bad <laughs> or whatever. I feel like there's this thing with L.A. where like I feel like such a... So, okay, you're from L.A. Yes, one of the lifelong native. That's like rare. Yeah, born and raised. I'm, I am a weirdo. There's a thing about being on the West Coast that makes mm-hmm. me feel even less like an adult, no mm-hmm. offense, because, <laughs> well, because, like, yeah, it's A, it's casual, a bunch of fucking casuals, mm-hmm. and B, um, when we are working as, like, indie people who keep weird schedules, uh-huh. um, we're up super late, so whenever I'm, like, trying to do anything with anyone on the East Coast or, like, mm-hmm. business stuff, uh-huh. it's like, I'm basically starting the workday at, like, 2 p.m. East Coast. <laughs> Or 3 p.m. East Coast. <laughs> so they're basically done. Like, Yeah. So yeah, like, I, I know what you mean. So it feels like you're hardly showing up to work. You just like mm-hmm. roll in and you're not wearing a tie. Mm-hmm. And the day is over. And you're like, what's mm-hmm. up? What's going on? And they're like, oh, all this stuff happened. And you're like, okay, cool. And then you just mm-hmm. get to go back to whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I have a lot of friends and family in like more formal jobs around the country. And they're like, yeah, you know, suit and tie. I got to commute. And yeah, they are done when I'm getting started sometimes. And it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a valid way to express the lack of feeling like an adult, I think. I wonder if it helps with creative work to like have the... I like when the work day ends in the, in the rest mm-hmm. of the country because it's like, cool, now no one will bother us. Like, no one will send <laughs> emails, and now I can do stuff. But now we have phones. We can email from wherever we are. Great. It's, I've gotten emails, like, from people in bars being like, hey, I'm at a party. Can like, you look at this? I'm oh. like, Can't, maybe not. Maybe yeah. I'll look at this later. <laughs> what do you, so, like, what kind of work hours do you keep now? Because you used to work... Like, when I met you, you mm-hmm. were working, like, a regular job. Mm-hmm. And by regular job, I mean a non-games job. Right. To support w- the work you were doing in game stuff. Right? Yeah. And you have since quit that. Yes, I have. I was working. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It feels good to not be doing that anymore. Not that I hated the job, but I'm like, I actually want to make games. And before, I was working as, like, the computer person at a small landscape design company. It was, mm. like, five people. And I would do, like, just computer stuff, you uh-huh. know, social media and graphic design you were like the one who knew technology yeah it was a bunch of like um middle-aged women and they're all like can you fix the google so i can look at my facebook i'm like (laughs) yes i can do that they basically meant log them in or just other similar things okay yeah like worlds apart 
like I feel like not that good with technology overall, but some talk to some people and you're just like, oh, I'm pretty good with computers. Yeah. I can turn things on and off again. That's pretty exciting. It's relative. If you talk, yeah. you can find anyone who'll make you feel shitty about your ability to understand technology. Oh, absolutely. Like even my family, like my brother and my dad are like hardcore computer programmers and they talk about stuff. Oh, like really? I, I, I like Photoshop. I'm good at Photoshop. <laughs> So wait, okay. But, so when you were doing that, I assume mm-hmm. you were on like more of a regular schedule. Yeah, well, not really, because definitely my boss was more of a night owl. So it'd be one of those things I'd like roll in at seven and leave, roll in at eleven and leave at seven, sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's closer to something that I do now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's fine. Yeah, but she knew about the Kickstarter and my desire to make games. So as soon as I was like, "Hey, I have this opportunity to work at this." space up in culver city she's like yeah all right you can t- go down with your hours it's fine so she totally supported oh. that oh, cool. which was great i really appreciate that and yeah after we i quit about a year ago i think at this mm-hmm. point a little more than a year and yeah here i am now that's Switch right. city old time i think those are the best bosses where they're like mm-hmm. <clears throat> clearly you want to be like they know what you want to be doing mm-hmm. and they're okay with that. Yeah. And they're okay with your ability to make decisions as an adult. Yes. Yes, like, absolutely. Like for like, if you do want to be there, they know like, well, it's not what you ultimately want to be doing, but you're choosing to be here. So I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat you like you're phoning it in because you're right. choosing to be here. Right. And then if you want to leave, they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. go. That's what you want to do. So yeah. If you can. Yeah. So now do you keep garbage hours? Sometimes I try to like be up at like 930 most days and then I'll like, do my morning ritual where I like make coffee, drink it, meditate, work out a little bit. Usually I don't eat breakfast because I'm not hungry in the morning. Oh, I yeah. know that's like terrible, but I'm like, I don't want to eat food. It's Haven't you gross. seen the cereal commercials? Absolutely. Sometimes I like find old 90s cereal commercials. I look at this. I'm like, this is real surreal. This Sometimes is stuff I watched as I a child. I wonder if like <laughs> the cereal mm-hmm. commercials and like that whole thing of breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And A, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. It coffee's is. coffee's calories in it has like five calories per cup according okay. to my fitness pal cool i'm glad <laughs> we're spreading this good health information um but it also seems like breakfast is the most important meal of the day is one of those things that was propagated by a, an industry mm-hmm. it's like don't skip breakfast because we sell breakfast yeah but i mean i'm just saying like you're not you're not dead so i'm really happy that you're not dead thank you and also not eating breakfast yes Yes, it's true. I mean, sometimes I do, but it's never cereal because I just burn through the carbs and then I'm hungry in an hour. I usually eat like eggs or something. But so that's usually what I do in the morning. And then I do frog fraction stuff uh-huh. until an indefinite time. And then if it's a day I usually come into glitch, I'll come in. Usually around noon or so and be like, hey, uh-huh. everybody, party's here. That's what happens. Rachel's in the house. I can vouch for that. And that's there's exactly usually right. like a little bit of confetti that falls from the ceiling. It's like a wrestler presents. introduction music. Like, mm-hmm. we don't see you, but we hear the music. Yep. And we're like, oh, shit. And then <laughs> the door opens and it's Rachel. Yes. The, the light streaming behind me. It's very resplendent. <laughs> I did that a few times. I think it was, like, before you were around, like, because mm-hmm. we have an AirPlay. Right. So you should try this, actually, because you can, like, AirPlay from your phone <laughs> and you can play music for yourself and then come in and be like, what up? And then everyone's really underwhelmed because they're like, that was, the, that was dorky. Oh, absolutely. But in all fairness, though, we're kind of dorky. At least yeah. I am. I don't know about other people. I feel like everyone else is cooler than me, but I'm big mm. dork. <laughs> no, that's how everybody feels. Okay. Okay. So you get, I, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep leaning through this because like, yeah, I sorry, like doing this. Sorry, no, 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 no. I like derail. doing this day life thing. So you get in and then you work till whenever. 
Yeah, usually kind of late. I'm a bit of a night owl, and also it depends on like energy level and whether I right. have like prior obligations. But usually around till eight or so. Do you like working at night? Night. Sometimes I used to be better at it before I moved, actually. But now uh-huh. I get started earlier in the day now that I've moved, which is funny. Oh, that is so. Funny. Yeah. Well, part of it's because it's like I wake up and just like not lie around being like, oh, I have to drive for an hour to get to Glitch City. Sure. That helps a lot. So my commute's 15 minutes now. But I like working at night night. Like I'll work mm-hmm. like 11 to 7 and then I'll go home mm-hmm. and then I'll end up working more unless I have social plans. I've done that for sure. Uh-huh. Um, I also, I like cooking a lot. It's kind of like one of my self-care things, I guess. Where sometimes yeah. I'll go home and cook for like two hours. Just cook some huge, crazy thing, and then be like, "All right, I guess I'll eat this. Maybe watch a movie, then go back to work." <laughs> That's good to have like a healthy hobby, though. Mm-hmm. My hobby is like I microwave food and I watch something for twenty-five minutes, and then I go back to work. <laughs> microwave uh, and sitcom. Yeah, I feel like that's not exactly uncommon, though. You think? Is that like? Am I not as unusual as I think? Microwave and a sitcom? No, I think that's like a, a lot of people do that. Like is that an expression. <laughs> No, I just coined this right now, but everyone is welcome to use it. It's the new Netflix and chill. It's a microwave and a sitcom. It's much less exciting. (laughs) Well, you said 25 minutes, so I'm assuming it is a half-hour-long show, Mm -hmm. plus the commercial breaks, so it's actually like 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it details, details. Yeah. So, so, okay. Let's talk (laughs) about Frog Fractions. Yeah, let's talk about it. How long have you been working on Frog Fractions things? Oh, man. Well, Frog Fractions originally started when I was... I just started a job at Whole Foods in like 2011 and I'm like, this is lame. I don't like it. Actually, it was fine. I take that back. It was fine (laughs) for a job, but I was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. You know, it was a fine job for the time. So I'm like, I'm going to learn to animate in HTML5. So I'm like, I'm going to make a missile command clone, but I don't like missiles. I'm going to, I like frogs and bugs. Mm. So I made a missile command clone with frogs and bugs. I'm like, this is painfully boring. (laughs) (laughs) So I got my co-developer, Jim, and if uh-huh. I ever speak with, like, we, usually I mean, uh, like, Jim and not myself, yeah, yeah. Jim Crawford, and um, <clears throat> I was like, Jim, this ga- I made a game, but it's kind of boring. I'm like, you want to <laughs> help me make it better? Mm-hmm. I know him because he's my old roommate's older brother from okay, San Diego. Yeah, um, he lives in Oakland, but he had a job that was based in San Diego, so every, like, six weeks or so, he'd come and, like, sleep on our couch for a few days for meetings or something like that, and that's how I mm-hmm. knew him. I think I met him when he was playing Just Cause 2, and he was... He was like parasailing around, you know, he sure. could like grab the ground that's what and everybody just rock it around. Yeah, he was yeah. just doing that. I'm like, what game is this? And mm. that's how we became friends. But anyway, I was like, Jim, this game is really boring. Let's make it better. Mm. So was, we kept was, adding to it. We made all the power-ups, like at the beginning of the game, you know, there's all those power-ups. We kept adding those and kept adding until we're like, okay, we're out of power-ups. We can't add anymore. This, this is done. We're like, well, let's make it weird. Cool. <laughs> so we just Good. kept adding to it. And... The overall design philosophy was, wouldn't it be cool if? Sure. Yeah, so that's how it just goes off the rails. and. So why, yeah, but I mean, journey, I, th- but. I think that's like the best, one of the best philosophies is like, because mm-hmm. what you're doing there is you're like figuring out what excites you the most and then you're putting it in. Right. So like, why, why did you two end up making it? Because like, that's extra weird. <laughs> no, I mean that in a good way. Oh, thank you. Is that, that's just like from your influences that you think you guys ended up making it so? Yeah. Man, I don't even know the word. It's like cryptically weird. You know? <laughs> cryptically weird. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of it was, there's a lot of people working on Frog Fractions. It's one of those t- things that we'd tell people like, yeah, we're making a game together. People are like, oh, can I contribute something? So, so huh. they make a piece of music or add voice or they like draw a little art or something like that. 
Like that's a lot cool. of people are just like, oh yeah, here, throw my hat in my ring. Here, have some stuff. Games wow. are cool. That's, that's why if you look at the credits, there's just like a million people involved, which is fine. I thought it was cool. It was like a fun little collaborative thing, but like de- definitely to point like Jim's the lead. Mm. No lie. So was that because he was programming or he was spending the most time in or both? Both. I mean, okay. we definitely both worked on it a whole bunch and would like talk about like, hey, what do you want to add next? Yeah. But. <clears throat> so, and I, would it, would it be safe to say like, did you guys make any money off Frog Fractions? We lost money on Frog Fractions. Okay. That because I mean, we for new games. We like made it. We eventually switched to Flash for reasons I don't really remember anymore. I think HTML5 was just kind of a pain, and we're just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Okay. So we put it in Flash. It is a Flash game, you know. Nice. Action Skip Three, yeah, wow. this is good stuff. And we're like, hey, let's submit it to IGF 2012. I think. Was it 2012? I think so. Okay. So that you so we were like we shoved it out the door right beforehand, and we're like, okay, let's just see what happens. We didn't expect anyone to really play. Maybe some friends and family, a few hundred hits, but it blew up within yeah. like four months. Like we had like a million hits on the game, Oof. and the servers, Jim's poor Amazon service. This was hosted <laughs> on his website. Got like overloaded, and sometimes it would go down, and yeah. the hosting costs were pretty bad. So any money that we made from it, like we made some merchandise, I think it just went back into the hosting costs. Did you have any ads up, or was it just... No, we didn't mm. think to. And then at the point, we're just like, mm, I don't really want to put ads. <laughs> it's like, well, it makes it look worse, and also it is more work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it made no money, but it mm. was never intended to make money. Right. If right. it was like something we really wanted to, we would not have made it in Flash, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> made it in a something, make it an executable, put it on Steam. I guess I, I asked that because you started to talk about collaborators, and that's mm-hmm. always the thing that I think about mm-hmm. these days mm-hmm. when I think about collaborators is like, how are they getting, how are we all getting paid, or how are the collaborators getting paid, you know? This was purely labor of love. It was yeah. like, this was one of, I'm okay with this sort of like working for freaks. It's like, I have an idea. Do you think it's cool? Do you want to add to it? Because mm. overall, I'm not a fan of like working for free. I think it's kind of bad overall like it's yeah i've got i get offers sometimes from people who are all like hey you want to work on my game and then i'll get it'll give you rev shared i'm like eh. mm. <laughs> i'm like i'd rather just get paid up front you yeah know? just gotta put that out there but everyone went as fully knowing was like this is a fun thing i'm working on with my friends yeah so if we had made money from it it would have been real hairy but ultimately i think any money that was made off of it like from merchandise whatever went back into hosting costs because yeah. it got real gnarly real fast okay yeah no <clears throat> i mean i i think in those situations it makes sense but but yeah also there reaches a point where it's like when you're making an when you're making something you love you're like yeah this we'll just do it for rev share but even then like mm-hmm. people gotta live yeah and you know sure. like you know firsthand like if you're working a full-time job mm-hmm. you just are not nearly as productive like it's mm-hmm. people do it and it's mm-hmm. amazing and i've done mm-hmm. it too like going home after the work day and then like trying to be productive on a project yeah i mean definitely frog fractions was a night and nights and weekends sort of deal yeah it's yeah. like you know a couple hours here a couple hours there but it was not like nose the grindstone sort of situation maybe yeah. in the last couple of weeks when jim was like hey let's put this in igf i'm like okay okay i'll really dedicate a lot of time to this sure and yeah so then after Frog Fractions, mm-hmm. there was the Kickstarter. It was about a year later because I was working and like going back to school and Jim had a different job. And when that job ended, he's like, let's do a Kickstarter. Mm. So I was like, yeah, let's do a Kickstarter. So we planned that out, launched it with a very specific date in mind. Like we wanted to have it over GDC so we could get talk to people and give FaceTime and be like, hey, 
yeah. you should give us money. I think <laughs> the best story that came from that was, I think it was Alex Bruce who came up to Alex Jim and said, I can't donate to Kickstarter because it's weird in Australia. Here's $20. Really? <laughs> Just handed him a 20 and walked away. So we owe him a copy. It might not be him. I might be totally screwing up the name and if i am I'll, i apologize but somebody from australia walked up to jim said i want to donate but i can't because of weird australian yeah. laws so here have a 20 that sounds like alex bruce okay well i can hope it's him just give if him a not, copy and see if he feels weird about it absolutely responses <laughs> mm-hmm. that's yeah i think that's a thing right like mm-hmm. i mean i i can kind of assume mm-hmm. when i ask like did you make money on far fractions the answer mm-hmm. is no and not at all mm-hmm. but there is sort of a thing with making a game like that mm-hmm. that everyone's heard of, or at least everyone mm-hmm. in indie games has heard of, where people mm-hmm. just assume, like, you've made it now? You have money, probably? <laughs> like, even with us, like, even with Hyperlight, mm-hmm. I mean, very different situation, but mm-hmm. after the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. it's like, no, we don't have money. The game has money. That's awesome. <laughs> we get to work on it full-time, which is a privilege, mm-hmm. but we're all still, like, doing an indie thing big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like, you have the money from the Kickstarter and then you like basically pay yourself a salary, yeah. right? For like basically until the money runs out, mm-hmm. right? Or you have like a date in mind. You're like, okay, this is what I'd like to launch. Let's see how it goes, right? Mm. So yeah, Frog Fractions made no money. We had the Kickstarter. That went fine, but it wasn't like we were rolling like, you know, huge fat stacks of Frog Fractions money. And that game itself made no money, but it did pave the way for a sequel, which hopefully will. And yeah. at least for now, we're like living off of making the sequel, you know? That's good. Mm-hmm. What did the Kickstarter make? Uh, around 72000 That's great. Yeah, and that was also a proof of concept, so. Oh, that you help. shipped with, right? Or mm-hmm. that you shipped the Kickstarter with. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's like we're like, because I mean, the whole foundation of the Kickstarter is like, we're not going to tell you what it's called or when it comes out. Right. And... We told people straight up, it's going to be a mystery. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. If you are, though, give us money. And lots of people believed in us, which I think is the coolest. So hopefully, you know, people who did not believe will still have a good time, still wondering, and hopefully we'll buy it when it comes out. It'll be great. People like celebrating their weird because everybody's got their weird and Mm -hmm. strong fractions. Mm -hmm. And then like even that Kickstarter is just especially weird. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty weird Kickstarter, but it was a lot of fun, I think. This is where I get careful because Mm -hmm. there are many secrets around Frog Fractions too, mm-hmm. and you're you are flanked on either side by your lawyer and your PR person right now. <laughs> your silent professional suited pe- the they, suited people. Yeah, they follow me wherever I go and make sure I don't say anything weird. Or <laughs> you're like, do you know that story about Ben Franklin? No, or like Benjamin Franklin, uh, founder of our country, one of the founders, founding mm-hmm. fathers, ambassador to France, uh, inventor, <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, big time drunk. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody, many people know this. And so they would like when they were doing the really sensitive stuff surrounding mm-hmm. like Declaration of Independence and like leading up to that, uh-huh. um, they would legit have people tail him after <laughs> whatever you know after the body of people was done meeting. Uh-huh. Be like Franklin's gonna go out and get drunk, and he's probably gonna spill our secrets. So like <laughs> you guys need to like just make sure that shit doesn't happen. I probably need somebody like that. Yeah. Well, other than your lawyer and PR person. That well, yeah, yeah, they're right here. Yeah. <laughs> Shifting uncomfortably. Absolutely. You don't like to be acknowledged. Uh, mm-hmm. um, okay. Frog Fractions 2. Mm-hmm. So you did it. What we do know, mm-hmm. so there was a Kickstarter. Yeah. And you're making it. Yes. Um, and then pretty much everything else is like deep secret. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty much, more or less. What's that like? Because, like, I, I've experienced a little bit of that mm-hmm. in, like, the last, particularly in the final year of, of Hyperlight, mm-hmm. once we knew what the game was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, the, <clears throat> the posting of GIFs slowed right. down and screenshots were like, okay, like, we, yeah. we're going to go dark. Mm-hmm. And, like, we even turned out a lot of streams in the months leading up to the release because we were like, oh, we don't want to show this. Like, right. Let's just wait for the game to come out. But that's still far more public than Frog Fractions. It's definitely a little weird because it's hard not being able to talk at all about what you're doing. Like, I have very well-meaning friends mm-hmm. who are like, hey, how's the game going? Uh, can I see? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like a jerk. It's even worse if I, like, meet somebody who I don't really know at all mm. and they're, like, not really in games. And they're all like, what kind of game are you working on? Like, when's it coming out? And they're like, they're legit, legitimately excited. Mm-hmm. And I feel like such a jerk being all like, I can't tell you. It's a yeah. secret. And I just, like, make up a date, essentially, and just tell them whatever. It's a total lie. But I feel bad. But I also, like, I don't want them to, like, go home, like, go someplace and tell somebody else that. Yeah. Like, I don't think overall people want to, like, spread the news of when Frog Fractions 2 is coming out. I think people want it to be a surprise. People enjoy oh, yeah. that discovery aspect. But, you know, I just try to keep the whole thing under wraps. So it definitely gets a little weird sometimes that there's stuff I just can't talk about, but I really want to with somebody. But I'm like, I'll just have to, like, ramble in our internal developer chat by myself in weird hours. So who are you actually talking to most of the time? That's is it? It's Jim. Yes, absolutely. And there's other people who are working on the game okay. who's... Don't think I should disclose right. who they are right now, right, but... Right. Okay. So it's like we have an internal chat. We talk... It's like a support but, group because you can't talk to anybody mm-hmm. else. Well, also, we're all remote, which is also has its mm. own challenges because it's like, if I did not have Glitch City, I would be like in my room by myself all the time, like all the time, yeah. which is why I'm so glad I found Glitch City. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I was actually, before I found Glitch City, I was legitimately looking to move into Oakland because I'm like, I can't spend the next amount of time, just like a year or more by myself. I will go crazy. Right. I will become like a horrible cave troll and I will probably like Hulk out and like, blow up a building or something Uh just with my fists yeah well and also more (laughs) importantly like you'll be less productive yeah absolutely like you read about some devs who just like sit in the room by themselves all the time and you're just like are you okay (laughs) are you okay probably no is the (laughs) answer yeah like the stardew valley guys apparently like doing 70 hour weeks for like years and years and i'm like maybe you should have worked less and it would have taken you less time i don't know (laughs) i don't know that's 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 really hard to figure out yeah so I talked to Jim a lot about it, and otherwise I just gotta like keep under wraps. Since like people yeah. at Glitch City have seen like little nuggets of what I'm working on, but sometimes it gets a little weird being like super secret. At the same time, it helps when I like meet people who are really excited about it. Mm. And it helps me remember like, oh yeah, people are excited about this. I'm not just being secretive for no reason. Right. People actually want to play this. They're looking forward to it. I'm like, okay, it gives me life for a little bit longer. You yeah, know? yeah. Se- secrecy <laughs> is like really. Um, rare in indie games because mm-hmm. there is a value system around um, no one gives a fuck, mm-hmm. and so we need to talk about it. Yeah, and so you go to the extreme uh, with some people who like post gifts every day because it's mm-hmm. just like I need to show people this game because mm-hmm. more people have not heard of my game than have heard about it. Right. You know, like like Brendan does a st- even Brendan who like people have heard of his work. Like oh, he yeah. does his stream like every morning, and he um, Brendan Chung, and he right. Like, Posts, screenshots, and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool when there is some secrecy. Yeah, <laughs> I think people appreciate it. This is the other extreme, though, where I can't say anything. Like maybe the last, 
I keep like updating our Facebook page with basically just pure nonsense. Mm-hmm. Just to be like, we're not dead. Hey. And also, like, I've been participating in Screenshot Saturday. You can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes, where I just basically take a famous video game screenshot and then I just, like, carry carefully. By, by carefully, I mean, like, I just kind of make a circle in Photoshop, uh-huh. and, like, put a frog face in it someplace. <laughs> you know, like, oh, Master Chief has frog eyes now. Or, you know, Commander Shepard is a red eyed tree frog. And I've been putting that. And I'm like, okay, that's our participation. See, we're, yeah. we're making this. That's I do so. get a couple of angry messages being like, um, that's Mass Effect. Really? She stopped lying. Aww. I'm like, I'm like, you're the wrong audience for this game. No offense. I mean, that the nicest way possible person, but uh, you should, uh, maybe you'll get it later. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so do you like, yeah. So like I, there've been times where, where I don't understand how secretive or not it is. Like mm-hmm. there've been times where I'm like, when we when we were t- talking about doing this podcast, even mm-hmm. I was like, are we allowed to say Rachel works on frog fractions? Like, is it a, is the whole team mysterious? Like, does your Twitter bio say Frog Fractions? It does. Okay. My Twitter bio says I'm a desert witch. And, and also... I work on Frog Fractions too, and I work out of Klitsch City. Okay. So it's it's something that people know. Okay, so two of the three of these things is definitely true. Yes. Yeah. Well, which part, you know. Right. That's up to the audience. <laughs> okay, that's nice then. So at least yeah. you can, like, have a, a dialogue with people if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, well, I actually got a lot of people at GDC like being like, "Can you tell me about frog fractions too?" I'm like, "I will, but I'll just lie to you." Yeah, like I tried telling them, "I'm going to tell you lies." They're like, "Yeah, tell me some lies." So I just like <laughs> would make up stuff, and it was great. I'm like, "Oh, it's a game about surfing." Uh-huh. It might be. Who knows? <laughs> so you're like a jest. You're like a a jester to them. It's just mm-hmm. like entertain me with your mystery lies. Yeah, yeah, I'm down to do that. I'll. Huh. I'll- I'll tell ridiculous stories to people. I mean, that's kind of already the tenet of the game. But, yeah. you know, hey, I can make, I can do more. What do you feel like? So at some point, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's an infinite thing, but maybe Frog Fractions 2 will be like a game that gets released. Yes. And maybe there'll be some way in which you make money off of it. Yes, that would be cool. That would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> do you, I don't know. Was that, was that thing you made, that first prototype, was mm-hmm. that, the first game you tried to make or that you're interested in? Was that like your entree into I'm going to fuck around with video games? Frog Fractions? Yeah. Uh, not really. I made a relatively simple like 3D multiplayer game in college. It was a class. I don't, mm-hmm. it was, I don't remember the name of the class anymore. It was a computer science class, but I went in as an artist. Okay. So I made really terrible 3D assets. And I mean, the whole point of the game was to like basically help computer science students learn to do like networking stuff and very basic gameplay programming. That was the whole point of the class. So having an artist was just like an additional bonus. And this was all like very new and weird to me. And I also like managed our website because we had to do like weekly updates, what we were doing. And since UCSD is on the quarter system, we had like 10 weeks to do this whole thing. God. Okay. Yeah. So it was, that was technically the first time I did 3D because I've been working on 3D recently as I've been posting online, whatever. But this mm-hmm. was this is like more legit than that. That was basically just like make extremely simple assets and then we like threw shaders on it in programming <laughs> to like make it look like stuff. Right. So um, yeah. that was definitely the first thing I ever made. The mm-hmm. second thing was like, well, I was a part of a couple of game jams also that were like varying degrees of quality. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst one I was in was like, we spent a week making a breakout clone. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's good exercise. <laughs> it was a week, though. But it, did it take you a week to finish it? I mean, it was... It was part of a group that 
they had very specific role requirements. Like they wanted a producer in every team and they okay. wanted like a programmer and artist. The problem is only four people showed up, like signed up as producers and there was like 60 programmers. So the team okay, was like yeah. one program, like one producer, like 15 programmers and me is the artist. Jesus. So it shouldn't have taken us a week to do this. Yeah. But yeah, well, you know, stuff happens and I've made other smaller game jams that were much more successful than that since then but that was like those are basically the first two mm-hmm. so i was like i really enjoyed the experience in college i was like yeah this is really great and people are looking at it this is wonderful and they like it and this was fun i feel so satisfied and then that's what made me want to try to like learn to animate in html5 i'm like i wonder if i can make a really mm. simple game by myself so like, you'd go sorry go ahead i was gonna say like in before that like i know a lot of people in general that are indie games or in indie games and um at Glitch City specifically, like they started making like games in like middle school, mm-hmm. and that never occurred to me I could do that. Same. Really? Yeah. It actually, makes me feel a lot better because like they, probably for different reasons. Like I started playing games when I was like four years old, mm-hmm. and one of the things I used to do when I was four, I'm like, "This is cool. I wonder if I can do this." And I would watch the credits, look for women's names. There oh were, yeah. There were never any. Sometimes in PR, like HR or like, um, geez, what's I'm looking for? Voice actors. Sure. Oh, but otherwise, okay. it was just dudes, and I was always like, oh, I guess I can't do this. You know, I was like four. It was... <laughs> so when did you change your mind? So that was like when you started making stuff. You were like... Well, I was four years old when I first started noticing this, and I've played mm. games all my life. Mm. Like, I know a lot of women, like, drop out probably in, like, middle school. I kept going. I don't know why. What drove me as opposed to other people, but yeah. it was one of those things. It's a habit I still have, watching the credits. Sometimes I give up, though. Like, mm. you play, like, some AAA games, you're like... Well, there's a half hour of credits for this. I guess I can't watch all of it. Yeah. But, you know, you look at like some of the leads and stuff. You're just like, man. But anyway. Mm. Um, Is that something like, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, let's talk about that. Let's talk about mm-hmm. like women in games. Sure. And how that, I, like I know recently we were talking at Glitch uh, mm-hmm. leading up to GDC mm-hmm. about how to deal with the people you encounter at game conferences. Yeah. Yeah. I get asked a lot of stupid questions. In like, like the common ones, I've talked about this before, but the, are you a student and who brought you here? Yeah. And not in the, like, what company are you with? It's more the, like, you're clearly a tourist. Where's your boyfriend? Where's your handler? You Mm. don't belong here. That sort of implication. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. It's dumb. It makes me feel bad and you should know better. And I talked about this at Glitch, and people really didn't have solutions for me, which was, you know, what happens. And I was like, all right, I'll just deal with the dumb questions. Like, I remember last year, 2015, at GDC, on Friday, I had some free time, so I went to like, the GDC play area. Mm-hmm. I got asked 15 times, are you a student? And I was like, do I look like a student? I am too old for this. Like, you can look at me, and I'm, I'm clearly not 18, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's shitty, but what can you do? I actually asked my roommate about it, though, Laura Mache. Uh-huh. And I was like, yo, people ask you weird stuff all the time. How do you deal with it? Because I don't know. She has stories about weirdos constantly just saying strange things to her. It's great. But <laughs> um, she said, she had two pieces of advice for me. The first was be really aggressive with who you are. Like just say, hello, mm-hmm. I'm Rachel Saul. I made Frog Fractions. Yeah. And just say that like as an introduction. Don't wait for them to ask you. And I guess I'm not inherently that aggressive like i guess i'm more like oh i made a thing i don't know and some people yeah. a lot of people actually know who it, what it is and even if they don't know what it is they like know i did something right and they're like okay you're a developer you made something you're not here as a tourist yeah you're yeah. not a student you made something and she'll sit if they do ask you a stupid question anyway ask them the same stupid question <laughs> 
And I know this might be obvious to a lot of people, but it did not occur to me before, like mm. both these ways of responding to it. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, if they ask you, it's like, did your boyfriend bring you? Be like, no, did your girlfriend bring you? <clears throat> um, or boyfriend or whatever, you know, just make it weird for them, essentially. And what was the you know? response? Like, is the general response that like they, I mean, I wouldn't imagine they apologize, but like. Well, this year, doing the really aggressive introducing myself really helped. Like, I think I was asked stupid questions seven times this year, which was less hmm. than a single day last year. Yeah. Which was great, in my opinion. Hmm. And a couple people did ask me a stupid question. In general, I'm not upset if, like, someone who's clearly much younger than me asks me if I'm a student because they're trying to ask if, like, do we have common ground? So that doesn't bother me. Okay. But it's, like, someone who's, like, way older than me asked that, I'm just like... So I did have like a couple older people be like, are you a student? And I'll be like, no, are you? And they'd be like, you could see the look of realization on their face. They're like, oh, that's a dumb thing to ask. I'm like, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> or I got a couple people ask like, who brought you here? Are you here? Like, and I was like, nobody. Yeah. I drove here with my car. I made frog fractions. Like one of the people knew who that was. They got all embarrassed afterwards. Oh, a couple really? of people, like in general, pretty much everyone who I asked the question back to them had the look of like, Oh, I should not have said that. Mm. I'm like, learning. That's the important okay. thing. Don't do it again. Just assume the people you meet at like conferences are cool. Yeah. Like they did a thing that's like rad and you're excited about it. Does that make you feel <clears throat> like, man, I don't know. Cause I could, cause when, you know, like when you think about people making those assumptions, it feels mm -hmm. really aggressive. It feels like mm -hmm. when people are saying something diminutive, mm -hmm. it's like, it's a, it's an, it is offensive. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Does that give, how does that make you feel? Does it give you hope that they respond in that way? Or is it still kind of like equally maddening? Like is ignorance just as maddening as, mm -hmm. as people being like knowingly diminutive? I would say on average, most of the people who ask the stupid questions are not trying to be rude. Mm. They're trying to find common ground and they're trying to be like, have a conversation, but they're bad at it. They're yeah. not trying to actually like put me down. There's a few people who you could look at and be like, dude, you should really know better. Like, mm. probably the worst thing happened to me this past GDC was at one point I was playing Neko Atsume while I was waiting in line for, to play Super Hot. Uh -huh. And some guy, like, walked by me, looked at my phone and said, it's filthy casual, then, like, ran off. And I'm like, excuse you? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, that was... Unironically? Yeah, and I'm like, you, yeah, but Neko Atsume, my cat-touching game. Gee whiz. You know, screw Shit. you, man. <laughs> Yo, everybody plays Neko Atsume. There's I know, right? hardcore Neko Atsume <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I named all of mine after Simpsons characters, so... <laughs> totally show you be like there's mr birds and there's lisa and there's marge and anyway um i don't think on average they're trying to be rude mm. at least i like to think that think positively of people right. like some you can tell but on average i think they're just trying to find common ground they're not trying to put me down and make them feel like bigger people mm. especially if they don't know if, that i've like worked on anything i don't mm. think on average they're like oh well frog fracture is a big fucking deal my game's a bigger deal you're a jerk or a bad at what you do or whatever uh -huh. i don't think that's the point i think they right. just don't really know at least that's what right. i'd like to pref that's what i prefer to think right that people on average aren't jerks they're well-intentioned they're just sometimes bad at conversations <laughs> yeah i mean i can imagine that's like okay it makes you feel less aggressed but it's still like really exhausting i'm sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean at a certain point like at gdc 2014 i just left because i'm mm. like i don't want to be assless anymore i'm tired mm -hmm. it's been a long week i'm gonna leave i don't want to be Hey, buddy.
Yeah, there's I only mean, so many times you can hear the same stupid question, and you're just like, puts a damper on things, right? Like GDC yeah. is exciting. You go, you meet people, you see stuff, you make friends, you see people who live all over the world who make cool things. It should be like a joyful time, but yeah. just it does make a little stain on it, you know? It's like, oh, no one thinks I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's the hardest thing about it is is like the passive offense or mm-hmm. like the unknowing offense the status quo mm-hmm. that part changing because i think and again like i'm not i do not have the perspective to speak to this properly mm-hmm. but at least in my experience with like internet stuff or whenever mm-hmm. i'm like trying to speak out in, uh in in support of, of women like especially around conferences like right. people will there is like the whole i'm a nice guy thing where it's like well i'm not i think women are great like i'm a feminist but like yo i I'm fairly loud about trying to be a feminist. Yeah. Um, but like this morning I fucked up this morning. I was talking to my friend and she was like, Oh, I'm consulting with this exec um, who wants to understand games. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, like I hope that you help him. And, and she was like, no, it's a woman. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Like, yeah. damn it. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you've, you probably feel it more. <laughs> um, but it's cool that, so like, yeah, I don't know. So the Frog Fractions team, then, or at least to start, was like Jim and you, which is like a cool partnership then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of other people worked on it mm-hmm. and who's like a lot of friends also from college add little bits and pieces, like my roommate, my roommate's best friend, my roommate's best friend's friend, We actually, mm-hmm. who's an opera singer. If you take too long to beat the boss on Mars, uh-huh. she starts singing and it's like, really good you're just like where is this voice coming Whoa. from because we have an opera singer on oh, that's there. like original opera or not or like yeah she just like sang in her room and sent an audio file and mashed it with some video game music and it's great that's super rad yeah Oof. <laughs> so like hmm what else do you want to do so you got into games mm-hmm. or you started when you started making games your, mm-hmm. your role was as an artist so you were already yeah. interested in art, and that's like what you've been practicing. To I've some been drawing since I was two years old. I've been drawing since I had the coordination to hold down a piece of paper and the writing utensil in one hand. We have drawings of me when I was like, like two. Uh-huh. I drew lots of fat, happy bugs. Like they're just these little blobs <laughs> with like a million legs, and like big smiley faces and uh-huh. things. And it's funny looking at the stuff now compared to what I, you know. Yeah. Currently draw, but yeah, I've been pretty much drawing my whole life, and that is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And probably will continue to do so for a very long time. Hopefully. That's a, yeah, I haven't done anything since I was two. <laughs> except cry and breathe. Oh, those are, those are good. Those are good <laughs> things to do, Teddy. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> um, what do you feel like, what do you want to do after this? Man, after Frog Fractions? Yeah. I definitely want to keep working in games for a while. I do wonder what my next project is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I worry about that, but right now I'm also like, you know, don't worry about that. Just just keep being like a cool person, make friends, and make good stuff, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if games is like the end all to be all for me personally. Like, ultimately, I would say I'm a storyteller, mm-hmm. and I would love to try like comics at one point. I don't know if that's even feasible at all, but I think that as a visual medium is really interesting. So do I yeah. want to keep like making stories? Yes. I don't know if it's going to be just games. Mm. Who knows? I definitely like games, though. I think they're great. <laughs> It's we have like a couple people I feel mm-hmm. like a glitch at this point who like like Tyler included who yeah. are also involved in comics or in just another media uh-huh. which I think is nice mm-hmm. it's nice to branch out and I think that's something that is nice about glitch and about a community like that is it mm-hmm. 
trying to have people who do different things. Yeah. There's a lot of gravity well towards video games. Yeah. Like, I mean, Alex and Casey were both, uh, who were on the Hyperlight team, mm-hmm. like, were both not doing video games when we started Glitch, but we're interested in it, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, they, Alex and Casey went to Otis right. art school together, and then um, they were doing a lot of different things things but generally working as artists casey was working as like a director Mm -hmm. on his advertising company three-legged legs Um, okay but yeah when they came to glitch like i think i think they probably they had an interest in working in games okay but it was not like they are at the time it's not like their primary thing was like oh we we've made games before it's like they were artists so we had these people in different backgrounds Mm -hmm. and then everyone started making video games which is cool but yeah it's nice to kind of bounce back out and yeah how do you feel about the 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 hmm, how do i say this like i'm gonna i'm gonna pull back to the previous topic like the membership okay. of glitch because mm-hmm. um we've tried and failed on a number of occasions to like mm-hmm. recruit more women into the space right and we don't know how except to keep trying yeah i think that's the right approach to go to it. And unfortunately, one of those things you do to get women in the space is like, have women. Women have women yeah. friends. Tell them to bring their friends. Mm-hmm. But it's like, in my case, it's like, I don't know anybody else besides people at Glitch that are in like creative industries anymore hmm. in Los Angeles. There, a lot of my friends from like high school yeah. that like still live in Los Angeles, they're all like medical people. They all oh, went in the medical profession. Okay. So they're all like EMTs and paramedics and nurses and doctors and things like that. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons why I was like so lonely and sad for so long in the South Bay where I'm like all my friends have like, well, they have like weird hours and I can go like get a drink with them on a Wednesday night because why not? I, sure. I can do it too. But I don't know anybody in the creative industry. That's why I was convinced for a long time actually that there was nobody in Los Angeles making games. They're all in the Bay Area, which is why I wanted to move there. Yeah. And I found, I found out Indiecade. And I was just like, there's people in Los Angeles that make games? <laughs> really? Yeah. And it's like stupid. I should like Google it or something because I'm sure if I spent some time on the internet, I would have found it, but it did. It's hard. And especially mm-hmm. like, um, even with the internet and mm-hmm. it's, with indie games, like mm-hmm. it's not like you can search, like there are things for like game dev map or there's like sites mm-hmm. I remember from the past of being like, mm-hmm. are there games where I live? Right. I, I had the same question in LA mm-hmm. and when I lived in New York especially like is anyone mm-hmm. here making games but with indies it's like the best thing you can do is like look at people's Twitter bios yeah because like again to use Brendan as an example mm-hmm. like I didn't know he was in LA mm-hmm. most of the people at the like any most people who come into Glitch have the exact same experience you did yeah which is I didn't know people made games here I didn't mm-hmm. know any of these people were actually in LA even if I knew of these people yeah I was like I didn't know who most of the people were when I first came to Glitch City. I'm mm. just like, you guys are all making stuff. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. I make stuff too. And then it was actually funny because now that I know how like cool everybody is and accomplished at Glitch City, I would have been like really intimidated and probably would not have come in at first. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's something I recently realized. I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, people keep telling me I know really cool people. I'm like, I do know people. They're really cool. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're too cool. <laughs> I would have been really intimidated. Like, I had no idea what Hyperlight was. I didn't. Cool. I hadn't heard of the Arcane Kids. I had. I didn't know who yeah, Brendan yeah. was. I actually just played Brendan's games the first time, like during Christmas, because I bought his games and I played them. I'm like, oh, Brendan's a cool guy. Yeah, right. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> I'm like, that, I hang out with really cool people, and <laughs> that happened to me too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. important for any workspace for everyone mm-hmm. to project they suck. 
Mm-hmm. Ever just project that they suck because it makes everyone more welcome. Mm-hmm. No, like I remember, like we we found a glitch, and mm-hmm. then people started coming to glitch. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I was like, I should get a drink with Brendan because I don't know Brendan. I know mm-hmm. Brendan makes these games, mm-hmm. um, and I think I remember him giving a GDC talk. So Brendan's like <laughs> somewhere ahead of me in the arc of like being good at making games or something. Yeah. But that was when I played his games. So I was uh-huh. like, oh shit, I'm like having a drink with Brendan tonight. I should play his games. Like, thank God his games take not that much time to play yeah and i did my homework like that day and i was like oh wow oh god okay like you're like okay now i can't talk to you anymore because you're too cool don't, fan, don't fanboy out don't fanboy out don't fanboy yeah out. i know right i have that problem i get yeah. like intimidated by people and i just blurt out something weird and awkward at them then like run away and i'm like mm-hmm. damn it why am i such a weird nerd <laughs> <laughs> like i went to the zoe quinn the first time i met her and i'm uh-huh. just like oh she probably thinks i'm a big weirdo now and oh well <laughs> what can i do about it <laughs> i guess you just said keep talking to those people you know yeah um but anyway in terms of like getting more women at glitch it's something i'm working on and it's like i actually at gd this past gdc i made friends with women who are part of similar collectives around Mm -hmm. the states so i'm like hey you know pass me information if you know anybody who's like in la that wants to maybe work with other devs or anything so just the idea of just networking Mm. other women and being like hey you can come hang out and that's one of the things i want to do is like make the bathroom better which yeah still, i've gotten two compliments on that so far so just so you know it's working good no like that's the sort of shit i mean it's a, it's not dissimilar from the problem of people going up to you at a gdc party and asking if you're a student it's mm-hmm. like a passive offense mm-hmm. and i remember when you brought that up you're like hey the bathroom here is a nightmare <laughs> it's spooky and the light is dim and we were all like oh good point yeah um god yeah. at least we buy good toilet paper Yes. That helps. We can thank Brendan for that. Brendan yes, yes. I've, spoils I spoils us. I, yes, I should tell him actually that. I'd be like, Brendan, thank you for the good toilet paper because that's one of the things that was bad. I've been like, this is not going to fly, guys. Like, I might put up with it, but I'm already kind of like a like a weirdo hippie. But uh-huh. like other people, they might be like, <laughs> No, Brendan is like the orderer of all things mundane that mm-hmm. Glitch needs. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a small Glitch fund that the membership fees go into that like pays okay. for that stuff. Yeah. But Brendan is the one who's actually <laughs> on Amazon like every couple weeks being like, we need toilet paper. We need paper towels. Okay. Like, there's a light bulb out. I should tell him that next time I see him and be yeah. like, Brendan, thanks for buying good things. Brendan is secretly the superintendent. I knew it. President of Glitch. Yeah. I nominate. That's why he gets packages <laughs> all the time. It gives him this like cool reputation of being this guy who's always ordering stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, like Brendan's got a package. Like, oh, I started getting stuff at Glitch just because someone's always there. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I worry because I'm like, people are going to steal my whatever I bought. Mm-hmm. Probably something dumb like paper clips. I, <laughs> it's like kind of sad, but fine. That I do that too. It's mm-hmm. like I should ship things to my workspace, not my home because I'm there more than I am at my home. Eh. But yeah, again, it's because somebody's always there. Which some, is yeah, the, some, I mean, I might not be at home. Who knows? Yeah. It might come at some weird time where I'm like traveling or yeah. to friends. And eh. if but, someone will be there to receive it and like put it near your things, which is the important yeah. part. I So I had the same um, impression, which I said already a little bit mm-hmm. about LA. Mm-hmm. When I, not when I got here, because I mm-hmm. came here to do grad school. So I met people who were making games right away. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like indies in the area mm-hmm. and like AAA. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought the Bay Area was, like, the big one, and mm-hmm. then there was Seattle, and then there was, like, Austin, and maybe Chicago, and then maybe Boston, and somewhere in there was L.A. Yeah. Because L.A. is so fucking spread out. I knew about the AAA scene in L.A., because, I mean, I've lived here all my life. Mm. And it'd be sometimes be driving someplace, I'm like, oh, hey, there's Square. Oh, hey, there's yeah. EA. There's Naughty Dog. There's whatever, you know? Yeah. There's Riot. 
That, yeah. They have an enormous campus now, but they used to be like over by uh, Bergamot Station. And when I used to work at an art gallery, we would go over there a lot for shows and stuff. And I'm oh. like, oh, yeah, there's a riot across the street. It's like the Yahoo building or something. Yeah. So I knew there was AAA here, but I'm like, I don't know if that's really for me. Like, mm. I don't really know about this whole thing. I was working a lot of odd jobs. Sure. So, but I didn't know anybody. And Jim knows a million people. He knows like nine billion. He knows everybody. Like you go to GDC and just think he gets like this crowd of people around him being like, Jim, we love huh. you. He loves fans. And I'm like, Jim, do you know any indies in LA that I could hang out with? Mm. He's like, no, I don't know anybody. And I'm like, wow. dang. The person who saved me though was Yanamin, who now he's like running. Oh, you mentioned this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've talked about this before. Like I was talking to him. I met him at IndieK 2014. Okay. A friend Jim's, and we were just like hanging mm. out, getting coffee or whatever. And I was just like, Yeah, you know, it's really hard sometimes because I just like work by myself in my room all the time. I think he's talking to me about Game Nest. Yeah, I'm like, I wish yeah. we had that here. He's like, Oh, I know some people who have a collective here. Like, let me go try to find one of them and found Alex. Cool. And I mean, like, he's like, All right, you guys are friends now. So I just talked to Alex about the space. And I was actually thinking, like, Oh, there's no way this is going to work. Mm. I'm like, But I'll try. You know, and then I could at least say I tried. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the, he probably does not remember this, but one of the first questions I asked him, I think, was like, Are there other women there? Because cool. I've been in some bad spaces before like it just mm. feels bad you know it's like come on to be that many people but it's like if you're only like one or two women there and you just have overall like a bad impression like oh i'm the zoo animal the mm. pet i'm the token yeah and i was worried about that but i was like you know at least try don't don't write it off yet go try okay and i don't get that feeling at all which i think is wonderful like no one gives a shit they're all like yeah you're a person who makes things great super we're friends now and i'm like wow, no one's treating me like a weirdo. I'm not the token. I'm not the pet. This that's, is great. <laughs> that's nice to hear. Yeah. It still haunts me all the time. And yeah, yeah. Well, it's something I, I'm going to work harder at, mm. like get more women into the space. And I have more ideas since GDC. I haven't implemented all of them yet. Like the big one, the first one I want to do is make the bathroom better. And that's already you know on yeah. its way. Great. Everyone's enjoying that so far. Well, what else? Give give me and everybody like the hot tips oh. for how to make your workspace not a nightmare. Okay. Well, part of the, like this sounds bad, but it's like women have different bathroom requirements than men. This mm-hmm. is just a basic biology thing. It's like you <laughs> yeah. do, you know, and... I wish there was a window in there, but that's mm. not our fault. There's no window in that bathroom. Yeah. So at first it was a little, it was a little dank and scary. Like there was, it was dim, it was dark. It wasn't like, I don't know, need another trash can. Mm-hmm. So now there's like a brighter light. There's an extra trash can. We already had good toilet paper. Like I said, mm. I'd like to buy better hand soap. And then I just put like various supplies in that little blue drawer thing we have there, which make yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that helps all that stuff, you know, stuff like hair ties and, other oh, okay. things too but like little small things and already mm. i've had a couple people tell me that's like oh it's so much better the light is the big one i think yeah because it was kind of dark and it was oh, a little yeah. scary and I, I know why it was dark because it's like okay you don't it does not occur to you maybe you need light in here and mm. also it was kind of dirty but as long as we like keep it clean on average <laughs> well yeah. if we started doing like clean days again yeah. you know and it's like okay super we're gonna clean up and make it better Let's so see. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of the bathroom. I know I keep harping on that, but it's like maybe my standards are low. But I know I have like friends who told me it's like it's a little scary. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> no, I remember like, and this is again not my my experience is not as relevant. But even mm-hmm. like at companies I worked for, mm-hmm. like you go into a bathroom <clears> and <throat> it's, it's garbage. You're like, oh, this job sucks, or this place is bad. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like one of those things I've noticed too, but. 
yeah, but it's like the bathroom's good. The rest of the place okay. should be okay. Step one, like, bathroom. Yeah. Um, and I've been talking to other people. Like, again, Yanam went over at Game Nest. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, how do you get women there? And the obvious answer is invite women. Yep. Like, literally just, if you know somebody in the area, be like, hey, you should come by. Mm. That'd be cool. So I've been, like, trying to pick out people. Maybe not, that sounds really bad. But, like, I'm trying to, like, research more, like, who's in the area and not already involved with another group who might be interested in coming. Yeah. So that's something I'm still working on right now. And I'm like, so this is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. It's been like basically not successful so far, but it's been a month. Okay. Yeah. That's so not it's a lot of fine. Time. Like recently there's been like two other women coming in, which is cool, mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll get more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the idea. I know like maybe over the summer now that USC is let out and they have that um, games program, maybe some more of them yeah. will be like coming by and be like, Hey, yeah, let's hang out and work on stuff. We'll be like, Hey, yeah, let's work on stuff. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, we've gotten we've gotten people and women from. Well, I mean, uh, Jocelyn's been in the space. Who's a woman yeah from USC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she'll hopefully be around more too, and um, Atlee and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So woo. Cool. Women. Okay. Yeah. We're doing it. So basically, the answer is it's really fucking simple. It just takes someone who's paying attention. That too, but also it's like I said the problem like myself. I have nobody to invite personally. Mm. And I feel like kind of a weirdo being like reaching out to like like emailing random women on the internet being like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's going to be like a weird and comfortable thing, but I'm like, I'm probably the right person to do it. Because if it was like a random dude, it'd be like, that'd be mm-hmm. funky. So it's like, if it's, it's, at least if it's me, I know that sounds like really self-absorbed and whatever. No, it's like, no. it's better if another woman reaches out and like personally invites another woman being like, hey, I'm part of a space. We'd love if you'd come by and hang out. Here we are, you know. That's super grad. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that works. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, I'm talking to other women in other, like, parts of the country right now. Like, um, I got a scholarship from Girls Makes Games to go to GDC this year. So I got a all-access pass and a whatever. That's and so, cool. so I met up with all those women. Mm-hmm. And a couple of men, but mostly women. And so we've, like, really been keeping in touch with each other. And I've also been like, hey, do you know anybody in the area? And they're like, oh, yeah, I might have a cousin or something. So that's been kind of a slow back-and-forth process. But, yeah. you know, the introductions will help. Just yeah. No, networking I mean, is huge in this yeah. industry. I mean, the so. truth is, like, I didn't know most of the people at Glitch when we started Glitch. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously didn't know anybody. So oh. when I first started coming in, I'm just like, hi, guys. <laughs> I'm glad you thought we were all, like, like total losers so that you didn't feel like you could <laughs> That's in. terrible to say. I'm like, I was happy everyone's, like, making things. Everyone seemed chill. And like I said, no one, like, it's all like, oh, what's that? It's mm. weird. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Make it go away. Right, I've had right. that experience. Oh, really? Like, maybe, like, an yeah, I'm not worth naming names, obviously, sure. but it's like I've had experiences where people are like, you're not really welcome here. You're kind of the weird, odd one out. And yeah, yeah, for sure. That was pretty much the face I made. I'm like, okay, bye. I'll go work by myself in my room. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it did it's suck. Gross. It was super gross. Mm. Okay, we should move on. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, fuck, yeah. Well, I think, like... Man, yeah, thanks for talking to me about that, about all that stuff because it's like it's good to get an education on it or just to be aware of it because it's mm-hmm. not like complex. None of that stuff is complex. It's just not particularly. No. Good to be reminded. Mhm. I agree. So Frog Fractions 2 comes out. You can you want to. <laughs> no, I will tell you. It 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 might already be out. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. 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 <laughs> and then something will happen for you in the future. Mhm. May or may not also be a secret. Mm-hmm. There's so many secrets. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's been uh, lovely not getting any information from you. Oh, thanks. Thanks for not talking to me. You're welcome. 
Um, well, thanks for having me then. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Glitch. There you go. There's Rachel. Um, I also I almost didn't find time to do this with Rachel, so I'm super happy that I did. Wow. Um, uh, if you would like to talk to Rachel and ask her questions uh, so that she will lie to you with her answers about Frog Fractions too, you can find her on Twitter at Rachel underscore Sala, S-A-L-A, on Twitter. Uh, you can also play the original Frog Fractions on twinbeard.com. Uh, and if you have questions for me or comments or whatever, uh, I am on Twitter at Teddy Deef, T-E-E-D-D-Y-D-I-E-F. Uh, you can also email me in long form at playscape at idlethumbs.net. Um, thank you, by the way, for all of you who have been writing in recently. That's uh, super cool. And that has been growing on me, which is, uh, and by growing, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a couple more letters each week and it's, it's. Oh, God, it's really nice. Um, I apologize to those of you who have written who I have not responded to. I'm going to be finally getting to that this week. So if any, anyone else wants to say some stuff, uh, this is one of those times where I'm checking my email. So <laughs> shoot me an email. Um, that's it. Uh, this weekend should be nice. Tomorrow I get to go see Hatsune Miku, who is the hologram pop star from Japan. She is a actual hologram, and her voice is computer-generated, and I've paid money to go watch her perform on stage with Anamanaguchi, uh, who's a band who you should also check out. Uh, and while I'm talking about music, I will mention again, since I haven't in a few episodes, Omni Boy, whose music we hear on the show every week. Check him out on his SoundCloud or wherever. That's Omni, O-M-N-I-B-O-I. That's it. We're done. Um, I mean, we're not done with the podcast. Oh, I guess I should say, yes, I'm leaving Los Angeles. That means, as I've always said, that Playscapes is a limited series podcast. We do have uh, several more episodes. Um, I'll give you a heads up, I promise. Um, but we are not yet ending. I'm not leaving LA for several weeks. Uh, there is a lot to do. Um, and I am very happy to get to continue to do it. This podcast, uh, secretly, um, I mean, publicly, it was that I love LA. I love the community here. And I wanted to highlight that and highlight the people in it and a variety of people. But also, this is sort of my love letter to this city, in a manner of speaking, because um, it's done a great deal for me, and I've been here almost seven years. Um, so I'll be leaving, and I'll be sad to be leaving. And this, I hope, will be a time capsule of this community, hopefully for years to come, meaning I hope it doesn't get destroyed by the robot apocalypse or otherwise lost in the deep web or something. Um, anyway, if you're listening to this and it's any time other than 2016, Hi from the past. I'm super hyped that you're still listening. Anyway, okay, that's it. I'll let you go. You guys are great. Bye.